You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 193 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. Sadly, missing out this week is Andy. He's unfortunately in work. Um, so we'll try and make up uh, by talking more about the hobby to make up for the fact that Andy's not here. Hopefully he'll be back next week to chat about yeah. what he's been up to. Iron Warriors suck, don't they? <laughs> he does Just listen back to the podcast, you know. He, I, don't he won't... I don't care. As, as a son of Dawn, I don't care if he listens back. I want him to listen back to this <laughs> podcast where we spend an hour talking about how bad the Iron Warriors are. <laughs> Ace. So on this week's show, um, of course, the main segment is going to be on Sunday's big reveal show. It is the summer of skirmish. Um, lots of things were revealed, uh, and we'll be delving into those. And of course, whenever there's a preview, we have a top three that follows where we're going to pick out our favourite models from that reveal. So um, be interested to see what everybody picks. We have, of course, opened the floor to the community as well they've let us know what they've enjoyed from that preview and we'll read those out towards the end of the show uh, now there obviously has been quite a few reveals however i believe we also have a fairly chunky news week matt we 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 have i guess with the main segment being the summer skirmish some of the news is in there but there's some cool stuff in the news cool so we'll uh, obviously talk about those in the next segment but as always, we start the podcast with talking about what we've been doing in the hobby over the last seven days since the last podcast release. And I want to kick us off this week um, because my week has mainly been split between painting two different things, one of which I cannot talk about, one of which I can talk about. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about the thing I can talk, I can talk about, and that is my all locks. Um, so we all sat around um, a table in the conservatory. Uh, was it a few days ago last week, just after podcast recording? I can't remember what yeah, day it was. Thursday, I think it was. We sat down and um, with Matt at the helm, we penned our Necromunda Lord campaign. Helmore. Lord Helmore, yeah. Um, we picked out our where, where we're going to be fighting over, um, finishing off some of the gangs. I know a couple of the, the members like Andy and, and Lee, who was joining us in the campaign, needed to just finish off their lists. So we did all of that. So we're all ready to start the campaign this Thursday. The first games will be taking place. So ideally, I want to try and get my Orlock gang finished by then. So I'm pay- I'm trying to batch paint them, to be honest. Um, so uh, I've got all the blues and the greys down on them. I'm hoping to do the sort of coats tonight, maybe some of the um, leather work on them. Um, and that leaves me sort of tomorrow and wednesday to do more metallic detail decide what i want to do with the weapons and their hair um so that's that's <laughs> quite cool um do you really think they care about the hair i'm just thinking like when the necromunda gang goes to war you know eking out an existence in that hellish planet they care what the hair looks like you've got to look cool it's like, it's, like, it's like cyberpunk where the most important thing is looking cool doesn't matter yeah. if the plan goes right or not if you do it in style that's a win absolutely so i'm really enjoying painting these guys and um, hope to get them finished for thursday and yeah i have been painting something else but i can't talk about that uh, and i've also been staring lovingly at my skaven that needs to be built and painted but i've I've got to get these two things finished first before i can delve into a nor hole and um, get cracking on them ready for our path to glory tournament 
Uh, Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, well, just before we start, yeah, Path to Glory. I've been really thinking about the Path to Glory. Uh, obviously, we've got the, uh, the the cool event we're going to. Um, is it in October? Yeah. October, yeah. Yeah, October, and, yeah. That's, and I've uh... declared for, for order, and it was dead easy. I'm doing Sylvaneth. The new Sylvaneth battle tone is really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create some sort of like cool story for a Sylvaneth army. Then I thought, well, we, we got that um, uh, Luminef and, uh, and um, Zinch. What was the box called that they previewed with the two I, characters? You're asking me questions now. <laughs> the yeah, scenario yeah, Lightning. Down. Um, I don't know what his actual name is, but it should be called something like Magical Showdown. Or... It, that is close. That is very close to him. It's called Arcane Cataclysm. There you go. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I took like, a, you know, a Lumineth student mage who is like works up through the through the levels to become like some sort of like archmage or something like that. Then I thought, oh, there's that really cool um, um, Cities of Sigmar, Settlers Gain, based in Hish. And I could have over the because obviously over the course of the weekend, what's really cool is you start off with a small army and then you add extra points to it over the course of the weekend as your army grows until you're eventually fighting with a 2000 point force. And over that period as well, you, you can sort of level up your hero a little bit and your hero develops over the course of the weekend. And I thought, oh, Settlers Gain would be cool. Start off with like a small human garrison and then slowly Luminaf allies get added to it over the course of the weekend. So I quite like that idea. That's cool. Um, yeah. Um, but then I, I think it may have been something to do with the um, the preview uh, that we had at the weekend. Um, and one particular colour scheme and sort of aesthetic really jumped out at me. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk about this later on in the main segment. But I've started thinking, oh, maybe... Maybe a small Seraphon army for the for the, the um, But I need to have I need to have a think because I can't bite off too much because we've only got limited time. And um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just oof, so many ideas, so many ideas. Anyway, I've not done anything apart from think about Patagonia. So so my hobby has consisted of getting my um, squat prospector gang ready for battle on Thursday for their first game. So they're almost done now. Right in front of me here, I'm just working on the on the helmets. These, the helmets are so cool. I love the, the new squat prospect models are really, really fun to sort of build and paint with. Um, really, really nice sort of look to them. Really looking forward to the Leagues of OTAN models coming out. They're just as good as these guys. Um, they're almost done. So hopefully the squats themselves should be done today. Um, I've started chopping up and cutting up and building a sort of mining sort of vehicle for them. Um, because obviously in the Necromunda campaign we're playing, it's, it's the Ash Waste campaign, isn't it, Matt? It is, um, yeah. And you get like a vehicle allowance where you can spend up to 400 points at the start of the, the campaign on a vehicle. So I've, I've sort of bought a, um, a rock grinder from the Gene Steeler Colts and a um, Astra Militarum Torox, is it? or something? Yeah, like that? Torox. Yeah, yeah. Torox. Uh, and I'm trying to like combine the two. Now, I do quite like what I've ended up with, but I'm not 100% happy with what I've ended up with. It does look a bit, a bit too kit-bashed. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the design table that I think and see if I can tweak something on it and make it look a bit, a little bit more squatty, a little bit more dwarvish, less sort of imperial looking. But anyway, that 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 that's on the sort of chopping board build. There's no paint on that yet. It's just been, you know, chopping up, shaving bits off and and, and putting pieces together. Um, and then the only other thing that's probably worth mentioning is back in 2019, you guys will remember, well, Matt will, we went to um, the Board Game Expo and there was a game there that we sort of sat around the table and played called Oathsworn, um, which was coming to Kickstarter late that year. And um, it's like a big, um, a, a cross between sort of a Dungeons and Dragons RPG, um, sort of a narrative type game, coupled with like a, a, a boss battler on like, you, you know, you control a few figurines fighting some big boss battles. 
Um, and a lot of the sort of um, story in it and the, the narrative in it was, um, I think, written by Aaron Dembski Bowden, or he had, he had, you know, he had some involvement in that project as well. Well, that turned up this week. Um, so we've been looking through that myself because me, me and my brothers backed that one. Um, so I've been painting some of the figures off that as well. Some of that, they're quite a bigger scale than the um, Warhammer. They're more like Inquisitor-sized uh, hard plastic, but they're really, really nice sculpts. So yeah, so it's been quite cool for the hobby, just you know, just enjoying building and painting really. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Uh, just before we move on to Matt, actually, with Jay going a bit deeper into sort of Path to Glory um, discussion there, I've been trying to think of what other stuff I can do for my Skaven, and I've decided I'm going to take with me a little handbell, so that every time my bell chimes for its peal of doom, I'm going to ring me bell, um, which I think will be really, really cool. Um, and also, I've got a spare um, screaming bell that I was going to build as a plague furnace, um, but I'm actually thinking of building it without the bell so that when i crack the bell to reveal my vermin lord i've got a model to replace it with um that's not really path to glory that's more just for like gaming i suppose but um yeah i just thought i'd mention that um i haven't really done it much else other than that on my path to glory what it's really cool because i don't know about you guys but like you just and rather than just thinking about an army list you know what am i going to fill my 2000 points with what grand strategies we're going to take I'm not. I'm not even caring what's in my army list. I'm just thinking more about the actual weekend and and like what, how my army's going to grow. What units am I going to add to it? What will look cool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree. Um, which is what it's all about for these Path to Glory events. So yeah, absolutely can't wait. Um, so let's move on to you, Matt. What have you been doing in the hobby this week? So again, and I, this will probably be the theme in the next few weeks is that I'm painting some really cool stuff, but I can't talk about it. So moving swiftly on, however, I have been putting some um, work into the path to glory again. I um, I can't remember if we spoke about this on the podcast last time. I think I may have ordered this just after the podcast in a spark of inspiration, but I've actually ordered a big kind of like leather bound tome with proper like uh, like. Um, probably you know probably parchment pages in there to to use as the uh army list slash chronicle for the weekend and i've put all loads of lore in there put all the entries in there and have that as a nice little artifact i can keep afterwards as well and put it in the the display case with the army um so i've been i've been working on that and, and writing down some lore and some ideas and and working out the conversions i need to pick up um two mourn ghouls a tree of some description and a lumineth shrine to to finish off the the mid-level and top level build of my character i've picked up a script of mortis that's going to be the basis of um the character kind of crawling out of the well as well so yeah i'm looking forward to uh to building this stuff up unfortunately as we seem to be recording the podcast in the heats of the realm of fire it's been a bit too hot to do any hobby today unfortunately I think this is the hottest I've, we've ever recorded the podcast. Like I am absolutely sweltering sat here. Uh, it is so, so hot. But we shouldn't complain, should we? I mean, we will, but we shouldn't um, complain it's a, it's about it's how hot it is. It's a bit toasty. It's a bit toasty. I'd rather it cold, Dave. I, yeah. I, my paint doesn't dry my brush when it's cold. Um, no. So, and also, yeah, we, I think we touched on Nexmunda antics happening later this um, week. I've been doing all the... The mysterious secret background <laughs> arbitrator stuff, which has been really, really fun. So I put together a map, I put together some spreadsheets because, you know, I love a good Google sheet oh, for yeah, the, the uh, running the, the campaign. Are so cool. I was pouring over that the other day because obviously you've got the map in the book, which you've based it on, but there's like a little interactive sort of 
cheat you've done where we can see where we've like declared our territories and which roads we're attacking all that sort of stuff i love it it's brilliant. we should post that up onto the twitter account so you can see what's going on yeah well, well i'm planning on doing a, an article series hopefully all you guys get involved where i'll chronicle the events of you know what's happening and then we'll have like you know battle reports in there and and find out who the winner is there's no real winner there's different things <laughs> they might be vying for but um you know it's all going to be about killing your rivals and the rivalries hopefully should be built over the series of the game so yeah really really looking forward to to getting on board with this excellent excellent yeah look forward to chatting about it on next week's podcast as well that should be a lot of fun I think that brings our introduction to this week's podcast to a close. We've got plenty to get through, so we'll be right back. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we've got a pretty exciting week for pre-orders, particularly if you're a Demons player. So the big the big ticket item this week is Cabanda, the Demon General of Cygnus. He was available briefly. At the um, the uh, the Hura Hura Open Day, day uh, a couple of months ago, and he's now up for general release. Goes on pre-order on Saturday, I believe, and he's a big old kit. I actually picked this up at the um, at the Open Day, and we did a full unboxing of it. So if you want to see what he looks like now, if you head over to spoosandbrews.com or the YouTube channel, uh, you can see me unboxing and get very excited about Cabanda. He is next on my painting list because I need to get a paint on this big fella. I forget the price. It's 200 and something quid. Uh, so he's not cheap, but it's a big, big old model and a big hunk of resin. Uh, on a slightly smaller scale, but no less cool, is the Vartian Exodriller for Necromunda. Now, Jay, you were putting together a squat force for Necromunda, and this is the uh, the brute for the squat gang. It's, I mean, essentially, it's, it's some of the the squat mining equipment that they use for kind of going through tunnels and and you know digging some ore and stuff. It's just by a massive coincidence that incinerators and massive claws are very good at battering opponents as well. Yeah, no, just that's just a, a, an unintended consequence. Oh, obviously, I, I take it you're planning on picking one of these up for the uh, for the campaign then, Joe. The, this will be joining the the 117th Tap for Kite prospection. Um, it's basically just a dwarf dreadnought, isn't it? It's so cool, it is, and yeah. it, it does have a little tiny bit of dwarf iconography on it. But the best thing about it is it's, it's got that same little yellow helmet that all the other dwarf squads are peeking out. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to picking one of these up myself. If I'm honest, um, we've also got a. Uh, I don't know how much the uh, Exo Driller is. I'm gonna guess in the thirty to forty pound bracket, maybe based on the side. But that's just a, a guesstimate for me, based on it's been a Forge World model. Um, for one hundred forty thousand, we have the reboxed Knight Quest Doris. So this is a big box that contains every variation of Imperial Knight. Uh, I think there's, there was two different boxes, I think, on the shelves previously. Now they are all contained in one single box. Don't know the price of this one. I assume it's probably the same price as the previous um, Canis Rex box. Um, it, it just makes life lots easier having all the options in one box, though, doesn't it? So yes, it I does. think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, for Kill Team, we've got the Corsair Void Scarred. These are £35, and they can build... I believe two different units for Warhammer 40,000 uh, in addition to being a kill team for kill team. Uh, these are really nice models. Um, you've painted some of these, haven't you, Jay? The, oh yeah, I have. Yeah. These are, I, I mean, 
it'd be really cool in the future and you, you, you can never rule it out with games workshop nowadays that this gets expanded and we get extra units and characters and things like that because it's a really really they're very very distinct from the craft world and from the Drukari and from the harquins really really nice kit and you've got a nice collection of characters in this box you've got like the way seekers and the different psyche units and things um yeah these are really really smart yeah so they're pretty cool alongside them we've got the chaos space marine legionnaires as well so these the the new Chaos Space Marine book came out. I lose track of time a couple of weeks ago now, and there's some new options for your your legionnaires, including taking a psyker in the uh, in the unit. And all those options are contained within this kill team kit, which again obviously can be built for use in kill team as well. A lot of the kill team boxes have been really nice, kind of like dual purpose kits, haven't they? You know, fulfilling niches within kill team and having cool stuff for 40k as well Um, if you want to use either of these kill teams in your games and you didn't pick up the the knackman box the book from knackman is also available separately at 27 pound 50 so yeah that's pretty good buy um they mentioned the legionnaires are 40 pounds so a little bit more expensive but it is a nice kit and uh yeah uh the legionnaires are really good in 40k now as well uh, and then final bit of uh, kind of pre-ordering news is that um, Warhammer World Dioramas 3rd Edition is uh, out very, very soon. And what I didn't realise, chaps, is if you buy a copy of this, you also get entry to the ex- exhibition. Oh, oh right. that's cool. And I've, I've looked at this book before, and I, I yeah, think next I time you go to Warhammer World, I might pick this up and uh, yeah, get entry means- to the exhibition that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause, yeah, that's great. Especially because they, they, like you say, they rotate some of those dioramas and you don't get the chance again to, to, to look at them. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah well, I, guess, I think I'll do that, Matt. I guess hence for this being the third edition, there's, there's a lot that, like you say, they, they, they come and go and they rotate things based on the current ranges. So it's it, it's quite nice to have a book with some decent artwork of all of them as well. I, obviously, past all the glass and stuff that we can't get past ourselves. So, yeah, yeah this is one to potentially pick up if you are in Warhammer World in the near future. Sanguinius so is still in a dress, isn't he? There'll be a, still be a picture of Sanguinius in a dress. Sanguinius is still in a dress, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's fine. He, uh, he definitely didn't get battered by uh, We don't know yet. We don't. It's September, isn't it, the next book comes out? We don't know that yet. It that is happened. September. Yeah, we're not too far away from that either, no. we, really. So, yeah, in other um, news this week, um, we've had quite a bit of Horus Heresy stuff drop. Firstly, the, the glorious Third Legion got their upgrade uh, heads and shoulder pads, uh, and these look really nice. I had the previous um, Empress Children upgrade sets. Obviously, these ones are designed for the Mark VI armor, and they look quite ornate and gold and over the top, as you would expect from the third. Um, yeah, I like these. You, you, you quite like these as well, don't you, Jay? I, I have to admit, Celtics. I think these are brilliant. Uh, I, these are my favorite that, I've, that, that we've seen so far. Um, and um, I'm really happy to see them keep pumping these out. Um, and I'm looking forward to the Blood Angel ones in particular because I was toying around. I've, I've obviously picked up a box of the, the Age of Darkness box set. I mean, Hugh, it's such incredible value, that box, with all the stuff you get in it. And that, that's going to be the basis of my Blood Angels 30k army. Um, but I was thinking of making those Mark Six Marines a bit more Blood Angels-y. Um, and there is a really cool resin upgrade pack for the Blood Angels currently. I think they're Mark IV helms, but I think they will look quite nice on the Mark Six bodies. But I'm going to hang fire because if, they, you know, if each of the Legions get a set like this and... I think the Blood Angels and Empress Children have quite a similar aesthetic. So I'm hoping, you know, that they're just as good as these Empress Children ones. But yeah, I think these are great. These are really, really cool. I actually think the Empress Children range is actually quite good now because you've got um, Saltarvitz, 
um, you've got these new upgrade packs, um, and um, uh, you, uh, is there a Lucius model? Do we get a Lucius model tease? Uh, Lucius did get teased. Yeah, he is on the way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think the I think an Ember's Children army is going to look quite nice. Not that I'm even contemplating collecting <laughs> traitors, but you know. Well, I, I am fully representing the third, and I think I'll be taking a predominantly Empress Children force when we go to the uh, Horus Heresy tournament in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping uh, in the next few weeks this stuff's out. I'd, I'd really like to take Lucius with me, but I don't think he's going to be out by then, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, these these look really, really cool. Now, if you don't collect Empress Children, if you don't, why not? But that's fine. That's fine. Everyone makes mistakes. We did also see a preview Including of the brand, new, yeah, the brand new Predator. So built on the Demos pattern Rhino chassis, the, the the best Rhino chassis in existence is the is the classic Predator. And again, this this is a bit of a nostalgia hit for me because this is what Predators looked like when I got into the hobby with the kind of like bulbous turret and the the iconic look of the classic Rhino. And it looks like we're potentially going to get a couple of Predator kits. This one um, contains Laz cannons. It's got Volkite weapons on there. It's got all sorts, heavy flamers. I think there's a gravity gun. Yeah, I think uh, there's a gravity gun. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. So um, I'm a big fan of Predators. I, I love the model. And the cool thing about Heresy is that you've got a wide range of different tanks you can take to fill different niches to the point where I think it's going to be quite easy to put together an entirely vehicular Horus Heresy army well, as well. Well, there are some rights to war, aren't they, which allow you to, to use Predators in different force organisation slots? There um, is, yeah. So so the, um, what the the main one being that you can take a single Predator as your HQ and then Predators as troops and then fill out the rest of the slots with Sicarans and Spartans and the like. I think that'd be a really cool army. And what are your thoughts on this, Dave? I think this this look Predator is kind of a bit before both your times, isn't it? You think you got into the hobby a little bit later than me? I no, actually, this this Predator, I think, Dave, was still the up-to-date Predator when we when you first started collecting Ultramarines. Was it? Yeah. I, did, I didn't, didn't realise that. It got replaced by the new Rhino, because you had, if you remember, the old Rhino, which was what yeah. that chassis was based on. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then they released the new the new whatever Mark Rhino that we we've known up until now. Which is a bit chunkier, isn't it? I quite like the 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 curves of this one. Let's say this yeah. one does have that retro appeal, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, the old one was a bit more boxy, wasn't it? The the one that re- replaced it was a bit more sort of rectangular and sort of boxy. I I really like it. It's uh it, it's very nice. Um, definitely wouldn't mind adding one or two to. Um, my Dark Angels force potentially in the future for some variety. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a nice tank. Awesome. So yeah, so that's pretty cool, but not quite as cool as the next thing we're going to be talking about. Now, we've seen we've seen we've seen a Primark in uh, in 40k. Gulliman has returned, but we've also seen a couple of Demon Primarchs, haven't we? You know, we've seen Mortarian, we've seen Magnus the Red. And now they are both joined by their brother, who is just glorious. So Angron, the uh, Primarch of the World Eaters, is returning to the battlefields of the 41st millennium. And I think it's safe to say he's out collecting skulls. There's an awful lot of skulls on the base of this model. Um, Yeah, he he just looks amazing. Uh, Chaps. What do we think of Angron? Amazing, brilliant, fantastic. I want a Wildey's army. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he is he is really really cool. I mean, he's pro- they're properly done anger on the demon Primarch justice here. I love the um, butcher's nails coming off the back of his skull. You know, he he looks distinct from a greater demon of corn. It's actually I'm reading Saturnine again at the moment, and I'm literally just as I was walking home listening to it, coming up to spoilers alert. I won't, I won't ruin anything. Matt knows what I'm talking. I'm coming up to the scene with Angron, and, uh, and then the scene, yeah. yeah, this model's been previewed this week. It's um, it's really cool to see him. You know what? I really like this model. I mean, I've seen a lot of complaints saying that he looks like a, a big bloodthirster. I mean, arguably that's what Angron looks like, isn't it? But yeah. what I yeah. really like is that. It is still recognisably Angron from his armour. If you check I, out the Horus Heresy yeah. model, he's wearing the same armour, just obviously warped to fit his new demonic proportions. Yeah, you've got that cool World Eaters emblem in his shoulder pad and things like that. So, yeah, we don't know We don't know when this is out. I think Warcom may have had to scramble to get this one up because there was a leaked picture um, online, which we won't... There's some other stuff in there, but we're not going to talk about that on the show until... We've seen the proper pictures from Warcom. But so, so, I think there's some exciting stuff coming for the World Eaters. I was going to say, do, do, we, we were told, weren't we, the last, um, what was it, one of the last previews, wasn't it, about an up-and-coming um, World Eaters um, codex. Mm. Um, do, you, do you think Angron's going to be with the codex, or do you think we'll get yeah. Angron later? Or I, I think, think it... we'll get a launch box with a codex and some models, followed by a full release. Which side of that Angron sits in, I'm not sure. Just based on what we tend to see for this kind of stuff, we'll probably get some, I don't know, corn berserkers and corn terminators with a book and maybe something else cool in a launch box. And then a couple of months later, everything comes out of the big shebang. Yeah, I feel sorry for Gilliman. What they need, what they need is Sanguinius to come back and <laughs> show Angron how it's done. Or a load of Grey Knights. Was it 100 Grey Knight Terminates did him in last time? <laughs> Some Space Wolves? Can't be that tough, can he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an absolutely superb model. I mean, I, I, I'd, on, on a serious note, I probably won't do a World Eaters Army, but if I did, I'm going to probably be the first model I picked up. <laughs> we often do those, like, what what models inspire you to collect armies? This would be one for you then, Dave. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's... You just know I, I, he's going to be, be terrified in combat. Like his stat line is going to be absolutely immense, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be insane. I mean, I'll be picking up this model regardless and painting it up just because, you know, I'm the demon guy, aren't I? But um, it's going to be very, very hard to resist a World Eater army as well as painting the Primarch. Um, I, I, well, especially, I think, if they are getting, like, new corn berserkers, and like you say, potentially, you know, it'd be nice if they get corn terminators and a whole new corn... So, like they did to the Death Guard and mm. the Thousand Sons, if you get a brand new range of plastics, and those range of the Death Guard in particular was a fantastic sort of, and it was it was sustained, wasn't it, over a, over a long period of time? You were getting new Death Guard sculptor models for a very long time oh, after yeah. the initial reveal. If they can do that with the will, which arguably they're just as important a legion, you know, they're one of the main chaos factions. Um, it's a it's a great time. Uh, yeah, it's, I think a lot of people are going to be in that situation where they can't resist starting one of those armies. Um, it's going to be cool to um, mow them all down on the battlefield. I think I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Best get those uh, blood angels ready. Well, I know. Well, this is it. This I need to, Dante needs to, needs to get Primarisized as fast as he can. But we we often talk, don't we, about like um, Primaris assault intercessors with chainsaws. God, how many attacks does a squad of ten get? Like sixty attacks. Uh, corn corn berserk, like hold my beer. 
because you just know they're going to get like twice as many attacks as, as your regular primary assault intercessors. Yeah. Well, if you are into um, chaos armies of a different flavour, there's been some excellent news from Warhammer Community. There's been some excellent news from Warhammer Community today, with Codex Chaos Demons on the way. Now we've seen some some rumours and, and whisperings, and this was on none of those rumours and whisperings, leading me to believe that all of those rumours are probably bobbins. And from here on out, who knows what you're going to get next week? Um, but yeah, it's been a long time coming. This was the first eighth edition codex following Death Guard and Space Marines with the introduction of the Primaris Marines. So that is a long time ago now that demons have had a you know an early eighth edition book so it's really good to see them in the the kind of twilight years of um of ninth edition getting a book with i i hope all the models brought up to date so like the twins and stuff like that yeah um, i mean there's been a load of models come out since this but a lot of them were in um various supplements over the years and i think to play demons anything near competitively you needed to carry around a small library with you with all the updates the so they'll library. finally have a yeah, the black library yeah so you'll finally have a book with all this in it also calls out that within the codex itself there's going to be an army of renown for bellacor which i believe is the first time we've seen an army of renown within a codex as well oh interesting which is really cool so it means that you'll be able to do this thematic bellacor led army or presumably an army dedicated to one god i wonder what they do with detachments for this I, it wouldn't surprise me if gods uh, you know are limited to a single detachment but mm. under Bellacor, you can take a mix of them all. That, to me, just seems a bit more thematic than a random mishmash of demons. I think on yeah, well, the table as well, it looks better, doesn't it? Like, here's a Nurgle demon army. Here's a Slanesh demon army. With that, obviously, Bellacor then being undivided with a bit of everything. I think it's a nice way to theme the army. I don't know anything. We'll see when it comes out. But I don't know. do you guys kind of think we might see something similar to that then? Well, I know with the recent Craftworld Eldar book, that sort of showed you how flexible it can be with that sort of army makeup. So you can take like a, a traveling players Harlequin patrol detachment for free alongside your Craftworld Eldar or your um, Inari and that sort of thing. So I, I, I think this one will be really, really cool. Because like I say, you've got people out there who want to do mono demons and they look really cool. But then equally, I think there is an appeal for having all four factions on the board, you know, Chaos United and that sort of thing. So I mean, there's that many different chaos models, um, chaos units and things. They're going to have to do something clever, I think, in the army sort of build sort of part of that book. Yeah, it's. I'm excited to see the crusade section for this as well. Oh yeah, I that think they could do cool. some really fun stuff for demons with that uh, with crusade. So much chaos this year, isn't there? It is the year. Games Workshop did say uh, last December that it was going to be the year of chaos, and they weren't wrong um yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to this book dropping it, like and you say this is it's good because this was a surprise off. it was yeah this is it and and this is kind of reassured me that i think all the rumors that we've read recently nonsense and uh yeah it's nice to just sit back and get excited by the stuff that pops up which segues quite nicely dave onto the summer skirmish online i think it does so let's take a pause and we'll come back with that
So this Sunday, just gone, Warhammer Community had a reveal called the Summer Skirmish Online. And this, as the name suggested, concentrated on more of the skirmish games that Games Workshop produced. So no reveals here for the sort of the main games, 40k, Age of Sigma and Horus Heresy. Um, although technically, you know, some of these units can be used within those, but it was concentrated on the skirmish level of gaming. And we saw some really tasty treats. So, Matt, I believe you want to take us through uh, the running order of the show. Yes, we opened up with uh, with Warcry, and we kind of we kind of knew that there was a new edition of Warcry coming, and we had a hint it was going to be set in the the kind of like swampy forests of Gur in a place called the Narwood. Um, bar a couple of models, we hadn't seen like the contents of the box, and in particular the scenery in the box. And I've got to say, this was an amazing start to the show. I'm a big fan of scenery. I, I just think it adds so much more to the table and kind of, I, I don't know... <sighs> We've come a long way from a few books underneath the tablecloth, haven't yeah. we? It's uh, it's a lot more immersive with core scenery, and this is really cool. You know, this is a, a I assume Nurgle corrupted, swampy, foresty wood kind of thing. So we've got like dying trees with various kind of like bones scattered around them. Really nice walkways that are done like the Necromunder ones that can be detached and put in different uh, layouts. If you think kind of ash wastes, but with trees and rope bridges, you're not far off. And as random as that sounds, it really works, doesn't it? I think this stuff would look good on the battlefield for your Age of Sigmar battles as well. Definitely. also scattered around the battlefield and jay you weren't watching this so this you this may determine your path for the uh, path to glory is that in this wood is the remains of a crashed slan starship and the various what? bits of debris are scattered throughout this wood and oh, that may be a narrative element to the uh, the heart of gur oh i'm just bringing up the page now because i have missed this so oh all those yeah you're green right bits yeah. So the, 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 the kind of ruined parts of the ship and <coughs> yeah, who knows what we'll see i assume there's going to be other support following this but um that's quite an exciting little lore tidbit that they uh they shared on the thing so as with the other uh warcry boxes it looks like we get a a core book updated for the new edition uh, and a book detailing the two kind of gangs in the box the first of um, these is the rock Maya creed who are worshippers of a plague god who is absolutely not nurgle but they seem to be big into diseases and wear a lot of green (laughs) Mm. Mm. Um, and while we said that we hoped that you know maybe we're a bit optimistic when we were like oh i hope all the warbands are non-chaos these have a different enough look to them that i think players of other factions might want to pick them up you've got kind of like tribal shields and and weird stuff like the stilts that keep them out of the the horrible swamp where the leeches live Mm -hmm. Uh, i i really like the leader who reminds me of pyramid head from silent hill he does doesn't he (laughs) and he's got a nurgle frog on his shoulder which is you know it's all about the animal critters for me what's that what's that in his right hand is like some sort of needle gun or something i don't know i don't actually know it doesn't like a syringe maybe he goes around infecting people maybe they're trying to get the the horrible pestilent muck out of the swamp i don't know it can't be good to have that stuck in you though that's what i'm thinking yeah so yeah i mean obviously i'm 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 chaos i think these guys are cool dave 
you've had leanings towards Nurgle, so I'm taking it you quite like these. Yes, I do. Um, I think, obviously, we've not spoken about the second warband yet, but I think both warbands look great. Um, I think I've probably, these guys are just slightly edging it as my favourite out of the box, though. Yeah. Um, Jay, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I do quite like, like you said, they, they. I think if you look closely, you can definitely see that they've been tainted by chaos. But when you're just glancing through them, I, I, the, the, I think they do appeal as a sort of a non-chaos fan. Um, I mean, looking very close like them now, some of them they're also a bit like scoutish wood elfy with the hoods and things. But then you look yeah. at some of the hoods, like they remind me, especially that one with the shield and the sort of full hood over his face, reminds me of the um, Nurgle Chaos Champion from Warhammer yeah. Fantasy. Lord of Plagues, we called something like that. Yeah. But they're, they're, I mean, these are really nice models, aren't they? Um, I, I mean, I, I wonder with a, with a little bit of conversion work whether you could also get them as some sort of like. Ashwaist Nomads or Cordors from under. And you know what? This is a recurring theme that may continue throughout this show, but they would make excellent Necromunder models. Yeah. yeah, they're really cool. So they were up against the um the horns of Hashot, who we have seen before previewed. Uh, Hashot obviously being the the god that Chaos Dwarves worship. Sadly there are no Chaos Dwarves within this uh, warband. These are the human followers of Hishut, who is big into fire and brimstone and slavery. And you see that they've kind of got like a manacle and chain motif going through here. You've got the big kind of bull head because um, he was, you know, uh, avatars, a big brass bull. Um, yeah, I I like these. I think they're cool. I'm going to be controversial and say I prefer the guys without the helmets. Oh, really? I think they look. I, I, I imagine these guys as like replacements for Chaos Marauders. I mean, the guys with the helmets look cool. In a way, I'd quite like just the leader to have had a helmet and the rest of them helmetless. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. As a gang composition, a warband composition. I mean, yeah, don't don't take away anything from those guys with the helmets. They are really really they cool. Are amazing. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that I think that I think you're right, Matt. Yeah. I so, disagree. I prefer the guys with the helmets. So out of the two, I think you both prefer the Nurgle to these guys, though. For me, I think the Nurgle ones, I think the Nurgle ones look a bit more interesting than these guys. But having said that, there are some cool things on these guys. So, for example, I really like the steam gun that the guys wield in. Yeah, <clears> it's, it's like it's like a, a, a set of bagpipes and a flame yeah. and a baby. <laughs> and I also like the the really cool sort of like half mace, half flail weapons that they're wielding as well which is quite interesting yeah it's basically like a massive rock on a stick that you just whack over somebody's head so that that does appeal so i mean i like both these i'm i I like chaos um torn between the two of them really i um i think i have to see the models in the flesh to to make my uh my final decision for me the real winner of the box is that scenery though it's just beautiful looking um I suspect this is the work of uh, Mr. Ray Dranfield again, but um, yeah, it looks really good. And anything where, because they're all separate parts and they can be linked with these bridges, means that they've been quite clever here. We can get multiple sets and put together a bigger kind of like layout as well, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is always cool. And this is inevitably is available separately. Um, so yeah, really exciting. Now we don't know what else is coming for Warcry. Presume last time, last edition, I believe, if we had eight different um, warbands seen. Now, 
last time they were all the chaos and we eventually got a few well one maybe non-chaos one the the, the shadow stalkers for the the knights what's on your wish list for this chaps i'd like to see <clears throat> some of the um what are the new orcs called dave the um Marsh. The cool boys, they cool fit boys. really well, wouldn't they? Yeah, they I would. think they would fit really cool with these guys. Um, I would also um like to see um some sort of swamp goblin warband as well. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. I would like to see some new mutated, potentially by the Realm Shaper engine rat ogres for the Skaven. Skaven were pretty well. You know what? A new pestilence warband would work well for this, wouldn't they? If it's a corrupted wood that we're fighting in. Mm. Yeah, it would. Yeah. I mean, yeah, corrupted yeah, wards, um, beastmen jump out beast at you men, as well. Yeah. Don't we? And we know that the beastmen are in the lore for the Thondia book as well. So the beastmen are active in looking for stuff. Obviously, we're in the wood. Um, Kenothi. Kenothi. Oh, yes. Warband. And also, we've got this crashed Seraphon spaceship. So. Presumably, there might be some new like Saurus warriors kicking around as well. I mean, that this would this would be, we've all, we've talked about this loads, haven't we? That how Warcry and things like this Underworlds are such a good vehicle for releasing or you know completely new sculpts to an old range. That would be great. I mean, I mean, you think like Kenofi, like like Waywatchers and things like that. I mean, yeah, creeping through wood, that'd be so cool. So yeah, so we don't know when this is out, but it can't be too far off. Hopefully. Um, they did tease a little bit on Warcom today, and there's a cheeky picture of some of the contents where it shows that each of the uh, the warbands have reactions. Now, obviously, this is a concept for Athena and Horus Heresy, and it wouldn't surprise me with how popular it's been if Games Workshop uh, bring this into other systems. Mm. So, yeah, reactions are a fun way of making the game more interactive in your opponent's turn. So, yeah. obviously, when we know more, We'll share more, but uh, I am very excited to see more of Warcry. Now, if you prefer your battles in the sand and dust and desolation of the ash wastes, and at the minute, cool, we've got some, you know, generic Gene Steeler cult vehicles that you can adapt for other gangs, but I think what we were all hungry to see was vehicles for the, the, the various houses of Necromunda. And we saw the next one revealed at the weekend, uh, the Goliath Mauler, which is a big old bike slash battering ram slash meat grinder that gets driven by a big burly guy into your face by the look of things. (laughs) Um, You've got a Goliath uh, warband, haven't you, uh, Dave? (laughs) What are your thoughts on this big brute of a bike? Yeah, so my my first love when with Necromunda was the Goliaths, um, and it was only um, the fact that I slightly prefer the the Orlocks more that made me use them for our uh, our upcoming campaign. Um, when I saw these bikes, though, oh boy, I I kind of want to dig the Goliaths out. I, you know, let's get this campaign out of the way, guys, so we can start a new one <laughs> where I can play as the Goliaths. I absolutely. Ad- when the quad bikes were revealed for all locks, I did like them, but I wasn't like completely blown away by them. I saw this bike and I'm blown away by this bike. Um, we've obviously seen the two different variants. One's got a proper like grinder in the front. You can imagine him driving somebody and that person basically being absolutely no longer chewed existing. up to bits. Yeah. 
it, you know, you could put him in a soup. He's going to be grinded that much. Um, and then there's another variant that's got a humongous wheel, which actually I think is I slightly have a preference to that one. Um, big wheel. I like I like the big chunky wheel. Yeah. Um, but they, they both look fantastic, and I'm definitely going to be adding these to my Goliaths. I, I quite like in the right about they said they've uh, traded speed and maneuverability for just the ability to roll over terrain or other vehicles. It's just this 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 guy doesn't turn, does he? He just drives it at you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't understand how this thing turns. Um, but yeah, it, it, you just point it in the direction of some unfortunate soul and just put your foot down. And then get off and drag it around to the direction that you want to go get on it again and hit the accelerator, <laughs> I think. Yeah, this is cool. Alex, I, it's a bit of a shame that obviously we're getting these kind of dripped. And this this is going to be this season of Necromunda, isn't it? Presumably every quarter we'll get a new book with a couple of new kits. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel sorry for the gangs at the very end of this kind of arc. But, you know, I don't think any of the Necromunda models have been disappointing, so... From this, I think every gang is going to have at least one cool plastic vehicle they can take. And let's not forget the um, the quad bike. There's actually the, the Forge World kit, which takes that and adds some resin parts to add the bounty hunter with a rocket launcher on the back as well. So, um, yeah, I can see potential for that. If you squint a little bit, you could paint it red and put like stickers on it and it'd be like a Necromunda version of the bike out of Akira. Only much more brutal. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that somebody had that, and um, you could imagine some mean looking inquisitor having this as his ride. Um, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Or so, an orc. So, or an orc. It fit really well for an orc. So, yeah, so that looks really, really cool. Now, you know what else is cool we don't have enough of in Age of Sigmar? Witch Hunters. Now, we've got a couple of them. We've got the, uh, the Witch Hunter out of Cursed City. Um, who I can't remember the name, Dave. I'm Jensen sure Darrock. Jensen Darrock. And we've also got the the Vendensts, the, the daddy-daughter combo of witch hunters, who are, I guess, our first glimpse into the Order of Azir and the wider um, Dawnbringer Crusades. And we've seen a little more illumination, like the dawn lifting on the, uh, the Crusades with the next warband for... Um, Warhammer Underworld Nether Maze, Hexbane's Hunters. Now, these look amazing. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the, the witch hunter himself with his kind of torch and stakes and his pistol and his awesome witch hunter hat. You've got his mate who's like seven foot tall, built like a wall with a big old axe. Uh, and then crossbow woman, who, if this is like what the crossbow people are going to look like in the Stormbr- uh, Dawnbringer Crusades, I'm all over this. It's a bolt with a bomb attached to it, and it looks like she lights the <laughs> bomb and then fires it. Um, we've got like a pistolier again. I can imagine that being like an infantry unit for the Dawnbringer Crusades. And they've even got not one, but two dogs as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is the best Underworld Warband they've done so far. I love it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Witch Hunters anyway. Um, each model looks fantastic. Um, yeah, if this, if if all these new um, models are, are a hint of what we're going to see for Cities, very excited for that release. 
I, I'm very excited to see more of this. I really want to paint these up. I've thoroughly enjoyed painting up the Vendants uh, and the same scheme. I can just apply for these. Uh, I take it you'll be painting up these as well, Dave. Yeah, I'll be picking these up at some point to, to paint. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Awesome. Um, it's quite, they're quite, compared to like the Stormcast, quite gold, bright, nice clean blues and reds. These do have a almost Mordheim feel to them, I find. Mm. Like quite dark and, you know, like the Witcher type thing, you know. I mean, that guy with the two-handed axe looks like a right villain, doesn't he? He mm. does, yeah. These, I mean, this is order, but they're certainly yeah. not the good guys, are they? Looking at the warbands. No. <laughs> so yeah, these look amazing. I am all over this. Now, in, in a change of pace, take, in a change of pace and color scheme, we uh, we then got revealed the latest Blood Bowl uh, team, and I think. This one, again, wasn't too much of a surprise because um, they'd kind of given it away with some of the cryptic clues, such as this team really delivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, of course, the Amazon team <laughs> for uh, Blood Bowl. Um, <laughs> I've just got that. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a delay there. And wow, just wow. These are something special. Uh, Jay, do you want to tell us about these? I know you've kind of fallen in love with the colour scheme of these. Yeah, I have. I love the colour scheme. I love the jade armour they're wearing. So, yeah, these are the, the, the Amazonians, which, are, you know, they existed in the world that was your sort of jungle warrior women. Um, really, really cool sort of Aztec kind of sort of Jaguar, um, Mayan type aesthetic to them. Mm. Lots of bright coloured feathers. Uh, the nice yellow with the, the jade green. Um, and you've got some really cool, I, I believe, I'm just trying to say, one of them's got, oh, there she is, yeah, with the snake that's sort of going across her arm and she's sitting there. I mean, that's going to be a cool sort of model to, must be the Blitzer or something, I guess, in the... In the yeah, well, in the... well, it, it's, you, you, if you look closer to the models, there's some really cool things. So the they're all, the positionals are named after different, like, animal spirits. So the throwers are python warrior throwers, because they've got a python with them. The uh, the ones with the claws are jaguar warriors. They're your blockers. You've got the uh, the eagle warriors, which are the ones with feathers. And then you've uh, got uh, piranha warrior blitzers, who have got the more kind of like fish-like head, I guess. So uh, it's it's really subtle. But once you clock that, it'll be dead yeah. easy to like differentiate them on the battlefield because oh yeah, my eagle warriors have got feathers. My jaguar warriors have got claws. It's a really clever way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I do really like these. I love the bright colour scheme. Like you say, complete contrast to the warband we were just talking about. But Oh, yeah. I imagine <laughs> that the new super-saturated contrast colours could be uh, really good to use on these. Yeah. So hopefully they're not far away because I'm really going to paint some. Now, just today, we had some breaking news on these as well. And their legendary snake star player with the brilliant name of <laughs> Boa Constrictor. Hmm. Is the, uh, he's he's ace. He's a snake. He's a, <laughs> he's a really colourful snake with a ball and a crown with feathers, and, and it kind of looks like something from like Louise Sugden's Fever Dreams, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It it, does. It, 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 you're right. Yeah, it does. Um, it also reminds me of World of Warcraft, like a naga or something. From World yeah, of Warcraft. it does. I think it's really cool. They did this with the um, Norse team, where they released the team. And like a star, well, not a star. Well, it is a star player, isn't it? But like a special character for it as well. Uh, yeah, we got so for, for the North team. All of the star players, all the special positionals, everything for the team was released on the same day. And hopefully we see the same for these guys then. Girls yeah. then, sorry. Um, yeah, they look amazing. And it's got a skill. Look into my eyes. 
Not around the eyes. <laughs> um, once per game, if it starts its activation, uh, marking an opposition player with a ball, you roll a d6. On a two plus, the opposition player gives the ball to Bower. <laughs> <laughs> That's ace. So cool. I, I, yeah, we need to if somehow in the schedule need to fit in a new uh, Blood Bowl league. Yeah, because... I've got the, the Norse ready to go. Norse ready to go. We'll get these guys painted up. I'll probably bring corn because, you know, stay on form. Though I am tempted to paint up some uh, lizard men as well. So who knows? Um, that's the thing with these skirmish previews. Gets you excited to play all these little games, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, well, that's it. You, you're talking about painting like 10, 12 models, you know, in the Underworld's War Band, five or six models, um, which is achievable, isn't it? Compared to it starting is, an yeah. entire It's a nice little palette cleanser as well between big projects. Obviously, we've got a lot of big armies you know the 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 dawnbringer crusades is a big army coming out and you can kind of test your scheme for the more witch hunter elements with the the witch hunter warband can't you or like yeah. you said if you're going to do a a very colorful looking seraphon army why not pick up the uh the amazon team and practice your kind of like really bright colors yeah, yeah i think there's some fun stuff you can do there so now we go into the final reveal of the day and I, it, the one that surprised me the most because we'd kind of in our head, already decided what this was going to be. You know, we've seen we've seen the Carskin, we've we've seen that it's Space Hawk. Okay, yeah, it's it's Carskin versus probably Gene Steelers on a Space Hawk. Job done. Um, yeah, Games Workshop uh, pulled the rug from under everyone and surprised pretty much everyone watching with this one in Kill Team Into the Dark. So for the last year of Kill Team, we, we started off with Octarius, then every quarter. We got a new kill zone with different scenery for each of those kill zones and then new uh, kill teams in each of those boxes, which was a really, really clever way of doing it. I mean, over the course of the year, we got eight new kill teams with their own bespoke rules and kits that are just blow the compendium stuff out the water, don't they, really? And have an entire battlefield ready to go that also doubles up as expanding your 40k scenery collection. It's such a brilliant model. And I kind of hope that's what we see for the new season of Warcry as well, where every quarter we get a new box with two new teams and some new scenery. Um, Into year two of Kill Team 2nd Edition, they're running with that concept and taking it one further. (coughs) Over this next year, Kill Team is going to be set on a Space Hawk known as the Dark, And each of these boxes will contain modular scenery to create a 3D gallow dark for you to move around with modular pieces and all sorts of cool stuff so it's it's a different bit of an environment isn't it we've we've not got the the relatively open spaces and and line of sight blocking terrain in the original kill team instead we have got the concept of space hawk but as a kill team game think maybe like uh, zone mortalis but with even tighter corridors and to me that sounds like a really exciting concept yeah to me it, it does as well um and it it makes because you just mentioned about obviously all these kill zones that we've had so far um i do wonder how many people have picked them up mainly to pay 40k and and use the scenery for those this is almost i think this is going to encourage people like me who i I like the idea of kill team but it's not really fully got me involved yet if they're going to have a kill team set on a a space hulk and that's going to be to use that terrain you're going to really want to play kill team that's going to make me want to play Kill Team if that if those ramblings make sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously we haven't seen all the truth, we've seen little bits, but 
the the even the Warcom article alludes to its um it lets you create maze like boards with narrow lines of sight and doors to breach and vents and eerie lights and stuff. And it also mentions that each box is thematically linked. So the first box might be set in the the kind of like the the loading bay or however these guys oh, right, the cool. ship. And then the next box might be set in the engine room. And then you know the final box is set on the bridge. And over the course of the year, you're traveling through the ship. Oh, you can do um, a really cool campaign with that, then. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's the intent. So while that might not be suited for 40k, I presume this is all modular and bits of it might be usable in 40k. But I've just got a feeling that rather than card tiles, we're going to have plastic tiles that things can clip onto. We've seen a few third-party uh, systems do stuff like that, haven't they? With little pegs, and you can make your little 3D dungeon. Obviously, Games Workshop do that. They can take turn that to 11, can't they? Do, yeah. do you know what that it does absolutely sound like to me, Matt? What? That you're going to want to buy, regardless of the kill teams involved, you're going to want to buy every box so that at the end you've got your own spaceship. big spaceship. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it, alone? Very cool. Um, now, while it's not we work for, say, 40K as well, um, Zone Mortalis Games of Horus Heresy, it'd probably work quite well for. And also, I'm thinking Necromunda, yeah. Or a spaceship would be amazing. Yeah. So obviously we don't know much about that side of things yet. I imagine we'll see more of that revealed because I think that's going to be the real star of the show, really, the, the modular scenery that makes this big spaceship. Um, but we did find out the two uh, factions that are fighting on here. And none of us guessed this. The <laughs> first of them, it's the Imperial Navy. So mm. the Breachers. So ordinarily, if a spacewalk is found... Uh, the Imperium would tend to send a team of Terminator something to go and clean clean out the Space Hulk because they tend to be filled with horrific alien monstrosities. Now, unfortunately, with um, Abaddon breathing down the neck of the Cicatrix Maledictum, many of the resources of the Imperium have been sent off to go and deal with the uh, the Chaos Invasion, leaving the poor Imperial Navy to uh, get in their gear and head into a space hawk and absolutely definitely not die with you know five minutes of being in the place um i'm a big fan of the solar exilia and these guys have absolutely rocking the solar exilia look aren't they uh trench coat plus diving suit aesthetic which is obviously really trendy on terror at the minute I was just gonna say actually matt that the they very much have a diver kind of feel to them yeah, I guess, you know, in our world where you might send people down to a, a crashed ship, they'd be in a diving suit, I guess. So in the in, in the darkness of space, it's not completely out of the question that they'd be doing the same. And yeah, they're cool. They've got like triple barrel shotguns yeah. like onto <laughs> shields. That, that's what I like. I love the weapons of these guys. Aren't they? They're I, really cool. I think my favourite bit of, of the models that we've seen so far, cause let's let's um, also point out that we've not seen all the models for this unit yet, is the guy with the shield that just, it just looks like he's got a door and shaped <laughs> it a bit more into a shield. Um, so cool. Yeah. You know what I really like? The fact that they've got like magnetic boots as well. Like how many sci-fi films have we seen where your breaching team's got like mag seal boots to, for moving around the ship? Because obviously this thing could be, yeah. dimensions are all over the place on a space hawk tumbling through the void so mm. they're obviously locked to the floors of these magnetic shoes so they'll probably be quite slow but sturdy 
Now, the really exciting bit, though, and again, the absolute surprise coming from this box, is that the enemy faction are the Crute. Mm. It looks like we've got a new Crute Shaper. We've got a Crute with like a crossbow. Um, we've got a Crute like re-roll, reloading his rifle and a Crute Hound. And again, this is just the stuff that we've seen. Could we get a Crutox in there as well? Mm, maybe that's a little bit too big but it, it's not massive though is it you're talking the size of the ogre out of city i tell you what we will have though matt um well, at least it was what um adam troke was kind of hinting at is p- potentially some dual pistol wielding crew that'd be cool and let's not forget all of these kits so far have had rules brought out for um 40k as well mm. yeah this I could see this replacing the current Crute kit. Uh, look at that. I've just noticed that was one of the rumor engines, the Crute holding the pulse rifle up, his sort of leather shin guards. And I thought that was an elf. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. So, I mean, these are amazing. Crute are quite an old kit now. 2001, yeah. I want to say. So we're talking, yeah. what, 20-odd years? And like we said earlier in the previous section... This is the perfect opportunity for them to redo some of those older kits and modernise them and make them multi-purpose. So, yes, this is predominantly a kill team release, but it also gives Tau players a new kit. And what they can do as well is update the crew profile to represent some of the cool stuff that's in here. Different weapons, yeah. different options, have yeah. the crew hound as an attachment to a squad rather than its own unit. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of fun stuff they can do. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was that was the summer skirmish online preview. Um, I don't think there was a bad thing. Obviously, in our top three, we'll be talking about our individual picks. But on the whole, again, like with the last preview you had, I think that was an excellent show. Uh, yeah, I agree, Matt. It was really. Good. I mean, it was it, there was a lot of chaos in there. So there's not apart from the blood bowl. I think the blood bowl is the kit that I, I probably will go out and purchase. Um, but it was good to see it, and the, the the what we learn about kill team as well is quite exciting, I think. Yeah, I I agree. There, there wasn't a lot in here that I would absolutely rush out and go and buy, um, but it, it's very cool. And and like what Jace just said, the the future of kill team sounds really exciting. It really does. I I I want to see what the scenery looks like. We get a little a little glimpse of an image which seems to have moulded floor and ceiling mm. uh, now that may be just done for like nice show picture but just think of the stuff you could do with like leds and stuff put in there to make a really atmospheric spaceship that you can explore through yeah. even for like role-playing games and stuff yeah i think um this has got the potential of being something really quite special if they pull it off yeah yeah, yeah. and i know Oh, go on, Dave. Let's not forget, we, we've seen plastic floors before uh, with Zone Mortalis. So, mm. um, and, I, you know, they, they alluded again to it on during the show as well that we we're going to get a plastic floor. I, I think that's that's really exciting what they can do with that. And you know what? That's potentially the future. I, I, me and Andy were watching this on Sunday um, and, and Andy was like, well, surely that's more expensive than card. But let's not forget, Games Workshop get all their card stuff printed in China and shipped over in storage containers. In the current climate, it's actually potentially cheaper for Games Workshop to create yeah. a plastic frame yeah. and have plastic walls, plastic floor, and for all their board game style stuff, do it fully plastic. That really plays into the kind of like hobby side as well, because you yeah. can paint your game board, basically. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it sounds sounds almost ideal, doesn't it? It does, it does. So, so yeah, um, obviously, we don't have any of this coming out. Traditionally, all the stuff shown in a preview tends to come out within the next three months. So we haven't got long to wait, really. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. So um, we're going to reveal right now what our favourite picks were because we're going to do that in just a few moments in our top three. So we'll be right back. So for this week's top three, we're going to be choosing our top three favourite models from this uh, reveal that we've just discussed. And you know what, Jay? I can't remember the last time I picked on you first for a top three. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go first this week. OK, right. OK, so, yeah, this was a very chaos heavy uh, reveal, wasn't it, really? But I think I'm going to start off with some Imperials. And my first uh, my, my, my third model is that um, Imperial Navy uh, with the uh, the big shield and the triple barrel shotgun. Mm. Um, like you say, David, it just looks like he's taken one of the sort of doors off of the inside of the ship, cut a hole in it for his uh, triple barrel shotgun, which is just epic anyway. Uh, and then he's just marching forward with that thing, a little visor in the top. And is that, it, that is that? It looks like the Inquisitorial Eye, but I guess is that Imperial Navy symbol? Imperial Navy, yeah. Is yeah, yeah. So so yeah, this is something that again we uh, we got wrong in our predictions that we thought it was an Inquisitorial Warband, but no, that is the symbol of the Imperial Navy. So you know, it'd be I, cool to go with these some Imperial Navy ships. Yeah. Oh man, that would be good. Another reveal, maybe another reveal. <laughs> um. So yeah. So he he's my uh, he's my third choice. Um, my second choice, uh, and now I've had a good look at this. Uh, this is this is snuck onto the onto the old uh, chart for me, and it is the Warcry scenery. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re- I really like that the skull sort of embedded in the tree. I, mean, I don't even know what kind of skull it is or what it it's belongs. A big to. Big skull, isn't it? Well, you don't yeah. want to meet whatever that skull belongs to. No, but I I, I think I mean yeah, the, the, the knock out of the park nowadays with the scenery. Um, really really cool. So that's my number two choice. Um, my number one choice though has to go back to the um, kill team box, um, and I really like the crew in this box. I think they look really, really smart. Um, and I, I think sometimes Games Workshop do a really, really good job of making a really cool sort of dynamically posed model. You know, swinging a sword, firing a bolt pistol, something like that. But I also think sometimes they do a really, really good job at just making sort of a, a more natural looking pose. And I really like that crew that's sort of holding his rifle along his side. He's sort of looking to one side. It almost looks like he's got a monocle in his eye. Yes. And he's sort of just resting his hand on his pistol holster. Just to, it, it doesn't scream sort of skirmish combat like he's in the middle of a gunfight. But I really like just the model. I think the model just yeah, looks fantastic. He's kind of more at ease and just like playing with the clip on his pistol harness, yeah. isn't he? Um, so, yeah, I really like that. And I think, I mean, looking very closely at the sort of paint job on these models as well, they're, they're stunning. Really, really cool. My brother's a big fan of the crew. So I think this will be um, a box he'll be really interested in picking up. So, and it's nice to see crew. We've got the crew, didn't we, in the Blackstone Fortress with a rifle? And he was a really cool model as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really glad we're getting a new crew, crew sort of set of models. Yeah. They're my top three. Me too. Um, that actually leads quite nicely into my top three, because my third choice is also from that band of crew. And um, it was a hard one. It was I was kind of torn between the, the bow crew, um, but I've actually gone for the shaper. 
uh, mm. with the sword and the tail pulse rifle. I like everything about the model. I like yeah. his pose. I like his cloak. I like his weapons. Um, his do, you like his, do you like his elf um, trousers? Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just a stunning model. Um, very dynamic. Um, definitely tempted to get um, him to, to add to my, my tail. My second he, and my first choice. The first, uh, well, sorry, Dave. Is he the first crew that we've seen with tower weaponry as well? No, one of the crew shapers could always be armed with a pulse rifle, and there was right, a model okay. to represent it. I think a it was in metal. A long time ago, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a long time ago, yeah. So this is like a um, spiritual successor of that. It, it was actually he yeah. was actually holding the model above his head, uh, the gun above his head he as was, well. Yeah. So, yeah, proper nod to the, the retro model there. Awesome. Uh, my, my second and first have traded places um since i wrote these down since sunday um and i'm still actually not sure which one's first and which one's second okay all right let's just go for it so my second choice is hexbane the the witch hunter himself um absolutely amazing model um i love that he's running forwards he's armed with two pistols he's got a cool i mean I love witch hunters. I love the whole look of them, the hats, the weaponry, all like the stakes attached to them. I loved painting Jensen Darrock. He was ace. Um, so, yeah, this model looks ace. Um, and I can't wait to pick him up to paint him. Um, but that means pipped to my number one choice is the Goliath bike, um, the Mauler. Um, such an incredible model. Um, my favourite vehicle so far for Necromunda, there's not many to choose from really, but um, yeah, it's definitely any model that tempts you to get a, a set of models out of storage to play with um, <laughs> has to come top in, in my in my book. So yeah, it's going to have to be the Goliath bike as my top choice. Uh, Matt, what about yourself? What's what's made it into your top three? Well, this was this was really really hard, but there was a point during the stream where we saw. Um, uh hexbane's hunters and the big fella with the axe he's a big guy isn't he big big meaty fella looks a bit intimidating i took one look at this turned to andy went yarp yarp (laughs) (laughs) and he just reminds me of him um i really like him i i imagine he wouldn't be able to have a great conversation with the guy but he would absolutely be busting heads open Mm mm-hmm he kind of looks yep. like an ogre-sized human, doesn't he? He does. He does. He's had his Weetabix. He's 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 had about eighteen Weetabix in the morning, doesn't he? This guy. <laughs> so yeah, I really like him. I don't know what his name is. Um, no, I don't know what his name is. So that's a shame. But he's cool. Um, my second choice, like Jay, is the Norwood terrain out of the uh, the Warcry Heart of Gerbox. Similar reasons. It's just so many nice little details. I think. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about this, but for me, making the battlefield live, look more lived in and real really adds to the effect. One of the one of the coolest things that they've started doing at Warhammer World is every every table they have a big, massive, really useful box filled with themed scenery for that particular table. So it's not a random mishmash of stuff. It'll be a slanesh table or a corn table or a gur table. Yeah. And this kind of stuff lets you, you know, average, you know, obviously Warhammer World have got a, 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 a bigger scenery budget than, the, the, than most people have, and it's easier for them to do that. But these kind of boxes, especially if they follow the Kill Team release, and we get these fairly regularly with new scenery pieces, 
it means that over the course of the year, you've got a nice collection to make a really themed GER board. And I'm saying to Andy, if you pair this with the Thundian Strong Point, you've got a really nice Thundius themed board then. Yeah, which is obviously have. where the you know the the um the the setting for this kind of like two part season of the Age of Sigma is in Gur. So all this stuff will work really, really nicely. But for me, and this is cheating a little bit, but I'm gonna run with it because technically it is correct. My favourite miniature from this reveal is the Gallo Dark, or more so the concept of the Gallo Dark. The fact that over the course of the year you can collect a starship for your uh, kill teams. To it's like those old magazines we used to get as a kid, the dinosaurs. Build a T-Rex over the course of 327. Yeah, exactly. But this is this is such a good idea that where with last year, yes, you had the core book in the first box and you could get the kill team starter box. The other sets were kind of independent, weren't they? It was a collection of scenery and two kill teams that if you wanted them, great. If you didn't know... For this one, I very much feel, just from the little bits that we know, to get the full effect, you'll want to get all of these different kits to build the full layout of the ship. And like yeah. Jay, you said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if there's rules for like continuing the story from mission to mission, especially yeah. with the, I forget what it's called now, the, the Kill Team Crusade thing, Operations or something, I forget now. Yeah. But yeah, being able to to have your kill team hopefully survive the initial encounter and work their way through it. And obviously all your existing kill teams are compatible with this as well. It's not a new addition as such, it's just a new setting for it. So yeah, that's my number one choice. The uh the Gallo Dark and being able to create my own spaceship. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. I've just decided to do this, so apologies. Um, just because we've been talking a lot about Kill Team and we're all clearly excited to be uh, excited on the prospect of fighting on a Space Hulk, if if this dropped next week, what Kill Team would you like to play through uh, a campaign with uh, on a Space Hulk? Ooh, Ooh okay. Oh, I can narrow it down to three, Dave. I, 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 I will take, seeing as I put you on the spot, I will take three as a respectable answer. Which three of those? So if, if 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 this box dropped through the door tomorrow, I think it'd have to be the um, the Imperial Navy because they look really cool, or the Death Corps of Krieg, or the Blooded, the Chaos uh, the Chaos uh, Traitor uh, Guardsmen. Okay, Jay. Oh, easy, easy, Blood Angels. Oh, oh. yeah, the, traditional, yeah. traditional. Well, I'm actually going to keep it Adeptus Astartes as well, Jay, and I'll probably say the Death Watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take some gene stealers out. Exactly. Yeah. There's definitely going to be some aliens on there. And who better to kill aliens with <clears throat> than the Death Watch? So, well, you know what? You I, I'm going to throw a question here, too, if we're doing unsanctioned. <laughs> the, uh, bit. But obviously, so if following the same path as the other one, we're going to get three more boxes following this. That means there's six more kill teams that could be on the way. Mm. What do we think we're going to get? Uh, uh, for me, I think those Karsakun, they're on the same basis, so they're definitely in one of these boxes. New Gene Steelers wouldn't surprise me. It is Spacehawk after all. The Leagues of Votan could well make their appearance on here as well with some kind of boarding team. As for the other three, no idea. I'd like to see Primaris Terminators. You know what? That'd work really well for the, the Spacehawk vibe. We, yeah. we know narratively... The, the Imperium can't afford to send any Terminators, so they sent these poor humans 
in armor that doesn't well, survive very long. But this is it. If they, if these poor guys find something <laughs> really bad in the space hawk, the Imperium might have to send some like actual specialists in. <laughs> when the previous three Imperial factions are presumably destroyed over the course of this storyline. <laughs> So I, I've I've got some ideas as well. The first one that jumped to my eye, I don't know where this came from. Just I mean, I'm just looking at my codexes that are next to me. Um, uh, Necron pariahs, the old close combat pariahs that no longer exist in the Necron range. Um, maybe those. Uh, and also, and this is what I'd really like to see. We've seen a rogue trader warband, but we have yet to see an inquisitorial retinue. Uh, I'd like to see that for Kill Team. Ooh, that'd be good. You know what? That's made me think. In that that box that you alluded to, obviously got we got the um, the Rogue Trader and her personal Navy crew, which is a similar aesthetic to these guys. They had yeah. a dog. That was a plus. Now the adversary in that box was the Gelapox infest, infected, which is mm. what happens when demons leak through a Geller field and start possessing humans. Mm. Could we see something like that in the in the lower levels of this Space Hawk as well? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Um, only time will tell uh, what we'll see. Um, we're nearly done with this week's episode. We do have one silent final segment left. It is the community top three and wrap up. And we'll be right back with that. So to finish off this week's podcast, we are, of course, going to turn to our social media channels and read out the community choices for this week's top three. And Alan over on Facebook is starting us off. It's quite clearly the armsmen that are his favourite, as he's mentioned them three times in his comment. Um, They're clearly his top choice, but he also enjoyed the reveal of the Goliath bike and Hexbane's hunters. Andy Sims has gone for the Crute for his third choice, the Terrain from Warcry Gur for his second, and his top choice is Hexbane's Hunters, possibly my favourite Underworlds warband ever, which is exactly what Matt said as well. Mm. Dan Bird has also gone for Crute in third place, has also gone for the Terrain from Warcry as his second choice, and in particular the Doggos, Hexbane Hunters as his top choice. Sean Gleason is the first one to go for the Amazon team, but he's also gone for Hexman Hunters and he's finishing off with the Goliath bike. What do we have on Twitter, Matt? Well, over on Twitter, Ruth Eames says the Warcry Swampy Boys, the Crute Kill Team and the Crute Kill Team Doggo. In fact, that, that reminds me, we've got a large proportion of dogs on this um, skirmish <laughs> online, haven't we? Uh, Anonymous Rex says Hexman Hunter, uh, the Naval Boring Party, and the Goliath Maulers. The Halo Brute Chopper vibe is so strong with these, I don't think I'll be able to hold back from ramming it into the enemy. I'm sure that's what it's designed for. Uh, and also, Anonymous Rex says, the Hexbane Hunters will make an amazing set of characters for a Soulbound party. I did notice Cubicle 7 like the tweet, so uh, I, I suspect that the guys who write Soulbound probably think the same. Um, Ian Loxham, for me, it's purely the Goliath Mauler. What more can a Goliath hanger want than other than smashing scores with a big lawnmower wheel? Uh, <laughs> oh, the Hexbane Hunters and New Kill Team are pretty sweet too, but they don't mow people's faces off. And this is an important consideration when selecting your top three. Um, <laughs> him over there says the awesome doggos from Hexbane Hunters, the big axe guy from Hexbane Hunters, and the honest-to-goodness witch hunter. Can't remember which preview he was from, though. <laughs> um, Tim Wallweber. Says new crew, new crew with a bow and a new crew hound. 
Yeah, those crew are pretty nice. Uh, some of mine says the Warcry Terrain, the Goliath Motorbike, and the Dogs. I assume this is all of the dogs shown on the preview. Mark Dewhurst says the Underworld's Witch Hunters, the Warcry Rotmire Creed, and the Kill Team Croot. Wild West Wargaming says this is really easy. Number three, Imperial Navy Soldiers. Number two, Witch. Number one, Hunters. <laughs> Milosh says Witch Hunters, Voidsman, and Croot. And Darren Winter and Pete Allison both say the new kill team scenery can't wait to add to 30k zone mortality sets void armsmen and witch hunters so yeah some some cool stuff there i tell you what hexbane and the crew i definitely think win out there don't they um everybody loved those um so yeah some great choices there leads me to ask the question matt what is next week's top three well, with Codex Demons announced, that means every single Warhammer 40,000 book will have had a release for 9th edition, meaning potentially we are set up for Warhammer 40,000 10th edition. So I ask you all, I want to know the top three things you would like to see in Warhammer 40,000 10th edition. Oof, that's uh, going to be a tricky one. Um, you can get top, your... Top 33 things, was that, Matt? Top 33 <laughs> things, yeah. <laughs> Um, you can get your choices in early via social media channels. Um, we will be putting a tweet and a Facebook message out on the Sunday and Monday before we record, asking for your top threes. If you pop a reply to that, that would be absolutely grand. Talking about our social media channels, Matt, over the last course, uh, the last couple of days, has been sending out a few tweets in regards to a landmark podcast episode, episode 200. Uh, we're only seven episodes away from it, and we're looking for ideas of what we can do um, within that time frame uh, to bring to you guys. So, Matt, uh, just in case people haven't seen uh, the tweet that you've put out, perhaps our Facebook listeners, uh, what kind of ideas have you been throwing around? So there's been, there's been some cool ideas, that, and the community have shared some ideas as well, one of which is having some special guests on, which would be really cool. So if you, is any people you'd like us to chat to on the show, just let us know. That'd be pretty cool, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Um, we were thinking that we might be able to do something a bit different. Now, I think we did a quiz for episode 100, and we can absolutely do a quiz. But, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking we could do something a little bit more unusual, such as an entirely live episode where you guys get to see all the outtakes as they happen, and then Dave can then edit it for the standard kind of podcast release, but you guys will be able to watch along on Twitch or something. Or we could do a bit of a behind-the-scenes episode as well, where we include all the general chit-chat and in-between and basically talk through the making of an episode of, of Sprues and Brews. So they're just ideas that I've had. Um, Jay, Dave, have you guys had any ideas or something that would be cool for episode 200? It would be nice to do a bit of a retrospective, I think. Um, we've been online now for, for a few years and can't remember how many exactly off the top of my head, which is shameful. Um, Five a bit, no- I believe. Yeah, we'd be nice to do a bit of a retrospective. We've covered a lot of ground in, in that time, not just the podcast, but also the website and other various things that we've done. Um, it would also be nice to hear from some of our listeners, perhaps, um, you know, if, if anybody wants to send in some sound bites. Um, that we could maybe include in the episode that that that'd be quite a cool idea um have you any had any ideas jay oh i don't know no i i i i assume we were doing a quiz so i've been swatting up but you know maybe if we're not doing a quiz now i don't need to start no, really actually i don't want to do a quiz because we got battle last time didn't we by andy so <laughs> yeah avoid the quiz avoid the quiz <laughs> yeah 
Um, no, there's been some good ideas there. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the community uh, feedback. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have an idea or you'd like to take part in some way, just please let us know on social media. Um, we're not going to be able to cram everything into this uh, episode. We we do want to keep it so that it's not going to be like seven or eight hours long. Um, but yeah, we're keen to hear your ideas. Um, because you know we're here because you guys are listening to this ep- uh, this podcast every week, uh, and we want to give something a little bit back as well. So, um, yeah, let us know. And um, we look forward to reading those. For now, though, I think that brings this episode to a close. It's been another great week of hobby. Um, hopefully, Andy will be back with us next week. Um, so we'll be a full team. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, see, if it, see if he's stuck in work again. Uh, but until then, have a great week of hobby. And we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Spruce and Brews or head over to facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews.